Welcome back to Home Gastronomics, where the professional chef is quarantined in his own home kitchen. Just kidding, guys. We do have a special guest this week for a fantastic on-point topic. I hope you all enjoy that. Do remember you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Home Gastronomics, at the Chef Chewy on Twitter, and please consider becoming a patron. All the links will be in our show notes for you to click on. And here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to Home Gastronomics. I hope everyone is being safe with all the craziness going out. Uh, this is a special quarantine edition, I guess you could say. Uh, we've got my good friend Bethany here, who is a fantastic home chef. Uh, also, we have a little bit of experience that helps with what we're going to talk about this episode, which is getting the value for your food. Value is something really important. We've been talking about it a lot in my restaurant and how food value affects the guests where they're paying a lot of money to get into the restaurant and the quality of the food and the presentation of the food needs to match the amount that they're paying. That can apply in home also where if you buy low quality food and don't cook it well, you have low quality food that you're giving your family. So uh Bethany and I both are part of a nonprofit organization and we cater for the events that we have that where we're expected to do a five to seven course meal for usually about ten dollars per person, which really brings out that quality shopping and and keeping within your budget so and stretching your budget as much as possible. So we're going to talk about that and how you can, as a home chef, stretch your budget and still have quality food and quality plates for your family. So what do you think one of the first things that can be done is? Well, it really depends on what you're doing, but buying in bulk really does help because drastic price differences when you buy a lot, you can reduce your price and be able to feed more and have back stock for later on. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of places, and it's not just restaurant supply stores. Uh, we've gone to restaurant supply stores before. Matter of fact, we went to one the other day and gotten some great deals on bulk products. But you don't always have to go to a restaurant supply store, especially with the how many different club stores are out there, you know, Sam's, Costco, BJ's, um, just in, in our neck of the woods here in Orlando. But I know there's other ones in different parts of the country. Um, and I have a friend that's in Canada. They've got different ones there also. Uh, but it's, it's shopping around as well. Um, I know you go to Aldi's a lot, which yeah, is a local Aldi. store and they've got great prices. For me, my big problem with all these is I never know what, what they're going to have. Every time I've been in there looking for something, they don't have it. 
And then I go in the next time and they don't have the stuff that they had the last time. <laughs> so. Yeah. One of the things I like to do is I make a plan for the week. And, but I have to make sure that I have wiggle room. So if I go to Aldi and they don't have what I want, I got to figure out something else. That's good. One of the things I like to do, and I'm, I think we've talked about you do the same thing, is I will buy something that's less processed and process it myself. So I'll buy whole chickens. And we talked about this in a previous episode. I'll buy a whole chicken and break it down instead of going and buying like boneless, skinless chicken breast. Uh, boneless, skinless chicken breast is like a $1.98, $2 a pound. A whole chicken is like 98 cents a pound. So we have a video shows you how to break down a chicken and you buy whole chickens, break it down. You've got the breasts, you've got the leg portions, and you've got the body to make your own stock, which makes all of your food better anyways. So that's one way. With steaks, I'll buy a whole side. And it's weird because people would normally buy a pack of like six steaks and pay 30 bucks for it or, or whatever the, the running price is. You know, whereas if you buy a whole strip, strip loin, which is New York strip steak, it's going to be 120 bucks. But out of that strip loin, you can cut it, cut it to thickness that you like. Some people like half inch, some people like one inch, you know, however thick you like your steak. And you can get a dozen steaks out of it. And the price per pound is usually 50 cents to a dollar cheaper. Exactly. And that's another way of stretching your budget. Yeah, and buying like whole pork loins. Have some cut up as pork chops. Mm -hmm. Some as whole loins. Some as roasts. Yeah, exactly. Take, taking, and I've done that with beef also, where I'll buy the strip and I'll cut half of it as steaks and half of it as roasts to do roast beef or, or, uh, ribeyes, ribeye steaks and prime rib. And it's, makes it so much more versatile to cook for either just me and the wife or for a group of people that are coming over. And that's, that versatility gives you a lot of budget wiggle room also. So the I think the other thing that a lot of people don't think about is um produce. That you know it's it's one of those things that shopping around really is one of the best ways going to farmer markets supporting local local commerce and is great um Something that I do is I'll stock up on dry goods, meats, you know, I'll have meats in the freezer. But if I stock up a bunch on produce, it goes bad. Mm-hmm. You know, so knowing a local farmer's market or even a place that has good fresh produce and you stop by there on your way home from work or stop by there on Saturday to buy stuff for the next week, um, so it's not hanging on and spoiling is a real good way to go. And a lot of times they'll have a place locally here that we talked about the other day 
was uh, it's called Star. They have a meat section and a produce section. Their produce section is half to a quarter of the price for the exact same product as if you went to a local grocery store or a big box store. Definitely shopping local and shopping fresh is fantastic. Um, where we are located, right down the road, there is a mushroom farm. And they have a little stand. You can get a five-pound thing of mushrooms for ten bucks. I, re- I remember you saying one of your roommates accidentally bought 40 pounds and spent 20 bucks or something like that. And all yeah. of a sudden, you're like, what the hell are we going to do with all these mushrooms? But it's knowing where those are at. And the same thing, buying, supporting small business, not just farmers markets, but uh, fishmongers or um, butchers that are going to work better with you and probably have lower prices than if you go to, you know, Albertsons, Ralph's, Publix, um, any of the the common chain grocery stores, um, even though they have a meat department, their meat department is set up for portioning everything out, not saying, hey, I want to buy a whole rib, whole prime rib, and then breaking it down into ribeye steaks and everything else. But again, even at a butcher, you're going to pay for them to break it down, as opposed to you breaking it down yourself. But uh, fishmongers. Bethany took me to a store the other day that has a has a real good fishmonger in it. And when you go to the places like that, or butchers or farmers markets, you'll find a, a lot broader selection of things as well. So there were fish that was at this fishmonger that I've been interested in playing with for months to a year now and have never been able to find it, they have them. You know, that they have different kinds of meats that you wouldn't expect to find in a grocery store, you know, um, lamb and and pork tongue and everything like that that you wouldn't find in a normal grocery store that you could really expand what your recipes are at home and the quality of food that you're cooking. Yeah, definitely do not be afraid of going to ethnic markets and Asian markets. There is some fantastic produce and meat you can get there. Yeah. And and some of the things you get there, you really can't get anywhere else. Um, Duck is a big one, I think. I've spent a year and a half looking for duck locally. And finally, I went to an Asian market. And found duck. I guess it's because of Peking duck. I don't know. <laughs> or duck a l'orange. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was where I finally found duck. And was able to make duck for dinner. And it was received really well. So. But yeah, I, I think that's the, the biggest thing. Is looking and thinking outside of the box. Um, when you're trying a menu plan, having a menu plan, and then even if it's a month out, there's nothing wrong with that because that lets you buy in bulk or buy in bulk and then you know what you have for menu planning a month out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, my meats, I generally will go and buy one one week I'll buy a whole thing of pork. The next week, a whole thing of beef. Bunch of chicken the next week. And just partial it out, put it in the freezer so they're ready to go. And all I have to do is get the side dishes, my fresh vegetables, whatever starch I'm going to do. Yeah, with everyone being on quarantine right now, I know one of the things that we've been doing is kind of going through our backstock of stuff that we have in the freezer. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So... We look and and say, well, this is what we have in the freezer and menu plan for the whole week. And then, you know, next week we look at what we have in menu plan and say, well, what are we going to do these three days that we don't have anything? So then we know that's what we're shopping for when we go to the grocery store. Um, and it, it works out. It is one of the nice things that it's not nice that everyone's out of work, but it's nice that we're able to focus a little bit more time on menu planning and eating better um, and what we're going to eat. Exactly. So otherwise I think that's, can you think of anything else about getting the value out of it? Sometimes it's worth looking at brands you wouldn't normally buy. Yeah. Don't be a brand snob. Sometimes. Absolutely. Um, There's a lot of times I'll buy, a store brand of something and it it's just as good, if not better than something that's three times the price, you know? Um, but I, I did think of something looking at value. It, it's not just your actual budget for cooking. Uh, value comes a lot in, in your plating and meal planning. Also, if you get duck, and you're planning a meal with duck, but all you do is duck and green beans. Are you really for yourself getting the value out of that meal? Or whereas if you spent a dollar more and got potatoes and then did something special with the potatoes, like uh, a fondant potato or an au gratin or something like that, which is very easy to do you're increasing the value of the plate. Exactly. Having a nice round plate where you have all the different components, really, it doesn't take a lot to add one extra thing. Yeah. Someone was telling me the other day that it's they're having a hard time being creative normally. They like They like being quarantined right now because they can be creative when they aren't normally creative with dinner um, when we're not under quarantine when they're working and it's I told him I said you know it's not I understand where they're coming from but it's if you think about it carefully it's not that big of a problem you just have to apply uh an inch of effort that throughout the day you know knowing what you have in your freezer kind of thing and planning ahead if you plan ahead that you're pulling something out of the freezer and believe me, when I'm working in the restaurant, I go to work early in the morning and forget to pull something out of the freezer and forget to do it the day ahead of time. And all of a sudden I get home and it's like, well, what are we going to have for dinner? Everything's frozen and I end up doing a pizza. So believe me, I understand that. And we talked about that, about how it's okay to not cook, but you also want to not do a pizza every day. You know, it's you, 
I cook because I enjoy it, not just because it's my job, but it's planning that ahead and taking a minute out of your day to go, well, I pulled chicken breasts out, but what can I do with it besides just baking a chicken breast, whether it be seasoning or a sauce or, or grilling it or whatever it is that you want to do, taking that minute out of the day to say, what can I do with this? Or, you know, Google a website with a chicken recipe and come up with something that's not what you normally do gets those creative juices flowing. Exactly. And now when we have time, it's the great time to experiment with recipes and find what you really like and how to do it faster. Oh, yeah. How can you pre-plan to do it faster? Yeah. Pre-planning is important. The the CEO out there is uh, definitely printing tons of recipes that says this would be good. This would be good. This would be good. I don't think we're going to be on quarantine long enough to do everything that she wants to do. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it it should be interesting and it keeps, keeps it all up in the air and different than saying, oh, I'm going to have a baked potato with every meal or I'm going to have sauteed green beans or steamed broccoli with every meal. You know, it's, uh, we were talking the other day that because of our flavors that that we like, we only do maybe a handful of side dishes throughout the course of everything. So it's like, okay, we need to come up with different creative ways to to have yeah, to change things up exactly, and uh, that goes into plate value. As well, if if you are doing steak and a baked potato four nights a week, well, come up with something different. Put a steak butter on it or, or use different seasoning on the steak or, you know, come up with a different way to prepare the potatoes just so it varies everything and it, it doesn't deaden your taste buds that you get so used to steak and baked potatoes that all of a sudden you don't care for it anymore and you don't eat it for years or something. We all remember those casseroles our parents made. Oh, yes. I mean, some of them are good. Some of them are. But, you know, it's you have hamburger helper four nights a week. All of a sudden, you don't want it for a year. Exactly. But anyways, I think that's all we got. So thanks for tuning in. Stay safe out there. And uh, let us know what you're doing for your quarantine cooking. We've started on Facebook. You'll see, uh, might see out there a lot of the hashtag quarantine cooking. I started joking around with uh, Bethany and a couple other friends of hashtag COVID cookoff. So hit them hashtags up. We'll take a look for them and see what you're doing while we're under quarantine. Stay safe, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, instead of a word of the day today, we're going to take talk a little bit about washing your hands. With everyone concerned about spreading germs and disease and the COVID-19 virus and everything, I thought this was very important. Uh, about a month ago, I posted on Instagram and on Facebook page 
uh, a nice infographic about washing your hands that we have in the restaurant at every single hand sink. And it's actually required that we have them there by health code. So I wanted to share with you some of the steps. You know, go check out that infographic. But I think it's also important to talk about those steps. There's six steps to hand washing when you're looking at everything. Um, the first one is get your hands wet. Then apply soap. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds in 100 degree water. Those are the two important things, 20 seconds and 100 degree water. Uh, how do you know that water is 100 degrees? The easiest way, and it's a kind of a little cheat, is your body is 98.6 degrees. So if the water feels hot to you, you're good. So, but 20 seconds with soap, that's what you need to wash your hands. Fourth step is rinse your hands. Fifth step is dry your hands with a single-use towel. That's important also, single-use towel. If you have to touch something after you washed your hands to get a towel, you need to get that towel ready before you do it. So a lot of public stores and public places have the the ones that you have to pull on the lever. You should pull on the lever a little bit before you actually wash your hands. That way the towel is there waiting for you. Uh, it's really cool. A lot of places are going more with the motion activated where you just kind of wave at it and you don't have to touch anything. Those are perfectly fine. You can wave at it without worrying about your hands. Then the last step, step number six, is turn off the water with the paper towel. You don't want to touch the knob that you touched with your dirty hands after washing your hands. So you use the towel to turn off the water knob, and then your hands stay clean. So within that, though, and this is where it gets kind of tricky, within that six steps, when you're talking about washing your hands, there's seven more steps of the best way to wash your hands. And those steps are rub your palms together, rub the back of each hand together, rub both of your hands while interlocking your fingers. That gets the place between your knuckles. Rub the backs of your fingers. Rub the tips of your fingers. And this is kind of like if you're pointing at, at your palm. That's what they're talking about. Rub your thumbs and the ends of your wrist, actually going up on your arm, not just staying on your hand, because that is an area that touches things also. And then the last step is rinse both hands with the water that goes into step number four of our hand washing process. So this is real important. It helps prevent the spread of germs. In the food service industry, it helps prevent the spread of germs, bacteria, um, cross-contamination of food, cross-contamination of allergens, and it's all very important. In the food in industry, we also look and say that we don't handle ready-to-eat food with our bare hands. At home, do it all the time. You're the only one eating it. But in the food industry where we're feeding people, we want to take that extra step of caution to make sure that everyone is getting good, safe food. So. Part of that is making sure that we change gloves between every task. And what that means is when 
you complete one task, you change your gloves before starting the next one. So if you're butchering a chicken, you're wearing gloves. When you get done, change your gloves and then move on to your next task where you're chopping up carrots. When you're done chopping up carrots, you change your gloves before going on to the next task of chopping up an onion. And this is just to make a chicken stock. So it's very important. And then every time you change your gloves, you need to be washing your hands. So you can see, I wash my hands 50 to 60 times a day, no joke. But it's very important. And even if you're not wearing gloves, washing your hands between tasks is what's going to keep everyone safe and healthy during this time. Uh, it's, I'm going to go on a rant here. I've seen so many people that, you know, they're wearing their masks for safety, which is good. And they're wearing gloves so they don't touch and touch anything with germs or bacteria that's going to get them sick later on, which is good. But then they wear those gloves all day. They touch the doorknobs at the store. They touch the cart at the store. They touch everything on all the shelves. They touch the cash register with the gloves on. And then they come out and they go to their car and they're loading up the paper bags with their gloves on. And then they touch their car door handle. And oh yeah, they're smoking a cigarette. So they're putting the gloves with the cigarette in their mouth up to their mouth. And then they're touching their car door handle and they're touching the steering wheel, touching the doorknob at the house. You're not doing anything that way. You know, gloves aren't magical. They don't just prevent stuff. You need to be washing your hands. So, and it's washing your hands between every task is going to keep you safer than wearing gloves all day and never changing them. So please, guys, make sure you're staying safe. Make sure you're doing the proper thing. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Remember, you can email your questions or comments and be part of the show to chef at homegastronomics.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at homegastronomics. Twitter is at the Chef Chewy. You can follow us on all of those social media outlets for the latest information. Our website, www.homegastronomics.com, hosts our podcast and our blog of show notes, where you'll find all of these links. Do consider becoming a patron for us. It would be really cool. Small monthly donation helps keep this thing going. And that website is patron.podbean.com slash homegastronomics. We'll see you next time. Yeah.